Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some r slash and if you love a reddit story why not consider hitting that subscribe maybe that notification bell too if you are feeling just that little bit just a cheeky little bit extra spicy you can click that like button as well and let's crack on with today's stories much love guys Now, our first story is coming from Additional Plant 843, titled, Am I the Arsehole for Refusing to Give Up My Seat on a Flight Due to a Person Who Has a Guide Dog and Is Visiting a Family Member in Hospital Due to the Fact That I Have a Severe Dog Allergy? I won't be going into specifics, since I'd rather avoid being identified. I have a severe dog allergy. I can have varied disease of severity when it comes to my reactions when I'm exposed to dogs. In short, being in a closed environment with a dog is out of the question. Earlier today, I was boarding my flight with my friends, since we're all going on vacation together. As I'm boarding, I'm finding that one of the passengers is boarding with a golden retriever, with a guide dog vest on it. I want to make it clear that I'm not questioning whether this was a guide dog or not. This was also a fairly small plane, since the flight would only take around an hour. As mentioned, I cannot be in a confined space with a dog. I told one of the flight attendants my concerns since I could have potentially ended up in hospital if I had to fly with this dog. The flight attendant informed the woman with the dog who goes into hysterics saying that she is visiting a sick family member and can't afford to miss her flight. I'm not sure how sick the family member in question was slash is. The flight attendant asked if I'd be willing to miss the flight and catch the next one that would be leaving in around two hours. I was offered a seat in first class if I was willing to do this. I said that unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to do this since I paid for my vacation. Due to the size of the plane, the dog would not be able to go in the hold. The woman started insulting my character saying that I was heartless for putting my vacation over a sick family member. I got on the plane and sat with my friends. As I did this, a woman in a nearby seat told me that she wanted to inform me that I am the biggest bitch that she's ever met. I didn't respond since I didn't want to cause a confrontation. My friends haven't said I'm in the wrong, but have kept making sarcastic jokes about the situation. Am I the asshole? Now, as far as I'm aware, like when you're booking a flight, especially if you've got like an animal or I, I guess a guide dog as well, they inform the airline beforehand about what they're taking on board. So they will tell the airline that, you know, I've got a guide dog, which I will have with me. And then I was wondering afterwards, is it the same with allergies as well? I'm pretty sure it's the same, you know, with, with like food allergies, like peanut allergies and stuff like that. So I was kind of assuming it'd be the same with animals as well. So I did a quick bit of Googling, which said, you know, airlines do tell passengers with severe allergies to contact them before the flight and ask not to be seated near another passenger. Obviously, this couldn't be the same case because you didn't want to be on the same flight. But I'm going to have to go at this one from my angle. If I was in that situation, you know, I'd miss a couple of hours of my vacation time. Someone will be able to get to see their relative. We don't know how severely ill they were, but still, they wasn't in good shape. Enough to go hysterical when they wasn't allowed on the flight. As well as being offered, like, first class on the next flight, I think I would take up that offer as well. And just having the, the standpoint of having empathy for another human who's in like a panic situation, I think it would be the right thing to do. And it would make you the arsehole from my perspective. 
but Baltimore Badger 23 says you're the asshole. One, both you and the woman paid for your spot on the flight, so you are no more entitled to your seat than she is to hers. Two, the airline offered you a perfectly reasonable accommodation for the two-hour delay. Three, assuming the woman is sincere, her need to be on the flight was greater than yours. Four, when you have an allergy of that severity, you should be informing the airline. It would have been so easy to be nice here and cost you almost nothing. And Ancela Jonah says, you're the asshole. You have missed a few hours of vacation, whereas that woman's relative might not have had two extra hours to live. You are selfish and an asshole. Noise proves nothing says info. Can you clarify why you refused the first class ticket in the flight that was two hours later? Given how your friends are reacting, seems like they would have been okay waiting and you don't say anything about missing a connecting flight. Edited to add, from the extra info you did and didn't give, you're the asshole. It's no wonder you don't want to be identified. I think deep down, you know how awful you were. She would have let the airline know she had a service dog when she booked. She was going for a family emergency. You didn't tell the airline you had a life-threatening allergy when you booked. You would have mentioned this if you had. You were going on vacation. You were offered first-class tickets to delay your vacation by two hours. The schnook says you're the arsehole. The ownership of your allergy is on you. The woman paid for her tickets just as you did and has every right to be on the flight with her service animal. And if you had a problem with it, you needed to remove yourself from the situation, not demand that she was removed. How entitled are you? Mew says this 1000%. Aside from all the other very valid and accurate you're the asshole posts, this one right here is huge and not enough people understand it. If you have an issue, you are the one who has to adjust. You have a dog allergy, then you have to switch planes. Oh, you are sitting in the theater and a super tall person sits in front of you. You have to try and switch your seat, not the tall person. You go to an event and they don't have any food you like. You have to go get yourself some food you want somewhere. The event staff doesn't have to go do something special for you. You go to a restaurant and the table next to you is too loud for your liking, but not disrupting anyone else. You can try to switch tables. The loud family doesn't have to switch. If you don't like your situation, it's up to you to change your situation on your own. You don't force those things around you to change their situation to accommodate you. OP, you're the arsehole. And whilst not, I don't quite agree with all of those points, I think there is some truth in there as well. But what do you guys make of our first story? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next one. And our next story comes from Solaris0706. Am I the arsehole for refusing to stop calling my daughter, my love? Some background, my 28 female older sister, 33 female, has a habit of making everything about her. Has done our whole lives. We are two of four siblings, another sister and a brother. For example, my wedding four years ago, she had a massive fight with significant other and then announced a pregnancy. Two days later, told us it was a false alarm and she was just late. When I announced my pregnancy, she announced she had broken up with her significant other. Less than a week after I gave birth to my daughter, she announced she was engaged to a different guy that she's since broken up with as well. She has also done similar with other family members, including her own children. She has three children from two dads and has been engaged and broken up with three different guys in the last year. We had a family video chat to catch up so everyone could see my daughter, four months old. No one has had a great deal of face-to-face -face contact due to restrictions and distance. Some family members have yet to meet her in person. I use lots of nicknames for my daughter, mainly Bubble, Poppet, or a shortened version of her name. Think Izzy if her name was Isabel, but occasionally use terms of endearment such as sweetheart, my darling, or love. While on video chat, my sister asked me not to use my love as her new boyfriend calls her that. 
She's been talking to him for about a month and is now apparently moving in next week. I apologized and said I wouldn't use it around her, thinking this was reasonable. She said no. I had to never use it again. I wasn't allowed to call my daughter that and she found it really inappropriate as it really should just be used in a romantic setting. This confused me and I refused. I said I could call my daughter whatever I pleased and I would simply avoid using the term in front of her. She got very defensive and went on to insult my parenting skills. Here is where I may be the asshole. I told her just because her new guy couldn't remember her name long enough to use it and chances are none of us would put the effort in into learning this doesn't mean I need to change what I call my daughter. She flipped out and left the call. Some family members are on my side. Some say I was too harsh. Am I the asshole in this? No, you're definitely not the asshole in this situation. I come into this story with a, with a title and it said, am I the asshole for refusing to stop calling my daughter my love? And I thought it was going to be like against your daughter's wishes, you know, like overstepping boundaries constantly and all this sort of thing. And not respecting your daughter when saying, you know, please stop calling me my love. I feel uncomfortable with it. But it wasn't that case at all. And it was your sister who, you know, <laughs> seems all over the place, getting all offended by it. And I'm not sure what it's like in the US. If you have like, you have to let me know if you have like people calling you like these terms of endearment, like sweetheart, my love and stuff like that. In the UK, it's pretty much all over the place. You go across to the local shop and the person says, my love, <laughs> sweetheart, whatever, it, whatever happens. I kind of like it. it. Gives you a little boost in your day when you need it. But definite not the asshole from me. 90km says not the asshole, lol, ignore her. In the future, don't engage. Just say that's ridiculous. I'm not doing that and move on. OP replies, thanks for your comment. Unfortunately, ignoring her doesn't work. She will continue trying to get attention until she gets it. She hates not being the center of attention and she's got used to the family babying her so she gets her way. JG700 says, not the asshole. The elderly lady in the post office calls me my love all the time. Your sister is nuts. Another one, but not so commonly used anymore is treacle. You're right, my treacle. <laughs> Just somebody else says, not the arsehole. Feel bad for this woman's poor kids. Congrats on the baby. Every spread 5086 says, not the arsehole. Love the comeback. She sounds like hard work. Maybe go low contact for peace of mind. OP says, to be honest, we aren't particularly high contact now. We video call occasionally, but she lives far away, so we don't see each other much, which is why her request is even more ridiculous. Annabelle says, sorry, but your dig at her was awesome. Not the asshole. And Platica says, and please don't call your daughter sweetheart. That's what I call my imaginary girlfriend of six weeks. So I'm pretty sure my situation takes precedence. Not the asshole. <laughs> now, what do you guys make of this story? Don't forget my question. Do you guys use terms of endearment like that in the US or anywhere else? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Story. And our next story comes from Dolls. Am I the asshole for being a nepotist and giving my brother a non-profit leadership position when that's literally the purpose of the non-profit? My 90 male brother, 70 male, is a high school senior. He wants desperately to get into a top college. His dream school has a 3% acceptance rate and he is fully committed. There's nothing he wouldn't do to get in. He grinded to get perfect standardized test scores and pursued leadership positions in all his extracurriculars. He found two clubs to gain more extensive leadership experience for his application, and he would cold email dozens of professors to get a research position. My brother often stays up late into the night doing homework after he's done with all his extracurriculars, and a few times he just started crying out of nowhere from stress or exhaustion. I completely understand what he's going through, and I said I would help him do whatever it takes to gain an advantage over all the other applicants. Back when I was applying, me and several other students I know created non-profits and organizations to bolster our applications. Most of us had a theme to our application like diverse kid with an interest in art or STEM kid interested in machine learning or something. It makes you more appealing to admission officers if you have a narrative because it makes you seem human. For my brother, his theme is about music and helping disabled kids. I helped him create a non-profit dedicated to helping disabled kids gain music experience, and I technically created it, but I'm going to give all power and resources to my brother since the whole point of it is to help him get into his dream school. My friend 20 male has a little brother in my brother's class who also needs leadership experience for his application and asked me to consider his brother for a position. He suggested that my brother and his could be co-presidents. I said that I wouldn't entertain the idea because I want all the credit to be given to my brother. That's the whole reason for the existence of the non-profit. My friend got all spiteful and was like, nepotism got it. But that's literally the whole reason for this project, to help my brother win the application process, not his brother. Am I the asshole for not considering his proposal? And we're going to start straight away with a string of numbers who says, pretending to help people in order to gain an edge in college applications. Sounds sleazy to be honest. To which Kitty Snowpants replies that saying, yeah, the whole thing seems gross. He wants to exploit disabled kids for his own benefit and he's having his brother take credit for all the work OP did. That's cheating, it's plagiarism, and that definitely makes OP an arsehole. Edit, typo, and add in judgment. You're the arsehole. Season Positive says you're the arsehole, but not for reasons you might expect. People need to stop creating individual nonprofits that lightly replicate or can work within another nonprofit. Establishing a 501c3 is expensive, time-consuming, and resource-intense. I know that it's possible for you to have done this correctly, but tell us more about the board of your organization and your legal structure. What do your bylaws look like? Oh right, you might not have actually established a 501c3. Do you operate through a pass-through? Because this seems like the sort of thing a board would really care about. Edit, I don't think OP has actually created a nonprofit at all. He might have an idea he's calling a nonprofit, but it's not actually a registered 501c3 or anything. April Henley says, bit odd that your brother is fully committed to getting his preferred college, yet you were the one who had to create the not-for-profit for him. One second you helped him create it, then you admit you technically created it just to hand over to him. 
At the very least, I hope he genuinely does make a difference to those who have disabilities. But it's a bit gross if the interest is helping those with disabilities is purely just to look good to get into a college. Schneger says, you're the asshole. You're all assholes for making up fake charities just to look better on a college app. And one more from writer who said, you're the asshole. If this was a charity in the UK, the charity commission would shut it down. The main aim of a charity or social enterprise should be its charitable aims, not the private gain of an employee or director. You are taking advantage of disabled people to further your brother's interests. That's gross, and if the company is incorporated, quite likely illegal. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below, and we'll move on to the next story. Now, our next story comes from Loreline1977, titled, Am I the asshole for suggesting to my son that we get rid of his pets because my boyfriend is scared of them? I wonder how this one's going to go. <laughs> I'm a mother of a 17-year-old son named Joshua. Joshua has always loved things nobody else really wants to look at. He has a collection of beetles, centipedes, spiders, scorpions, and he might have stick bugs as pets. Sometimes he gets them from a pet shop, sometimes he just gets them from the woods. A year ago, I met and started dating a man named John. He's an amazing man, and he and Joshua have a surprising nice relationship. However, John is terrified of spiders. I am too, but made peace since Joshua pays for whatever he needs for the insects, only collects non-deadly ones, and they stay in his room downstairs. A few days ago, one of Joshua's tarantulas escaped, which rarely happens, but I guess he forgot to close the container. The spider was found and Joshua put it back in its container, but Josh freaked out and says he won't stay over anymore unless the spiders were gone. I decided to ask Joshua if he'd be willing to sell his spiders so we could build a life with John. Joshua didn't give me a chance, called me an asshole for suggesting it, and said that the spiders were staying no matter what. So now I'm torn between the wants and needs of the two men I love. So John has been around roughly a year. Your son? <laughs> all of his life and you come with the line at the end that says i'm torn between the wants and needs of the two men i love i just think it'd be wrong for you to ask for your son to get rid of his pets simply being this is your child you know he has this hobby of collecting these pets and john who's only been around a year is already thrown around sort of demands like that like i can't come over while the spider's there and they need to be gone or whatever Whereas the answer been like, fine then, don't come over in future. <laughs> Simple as that to me. But as we've covered like many stories with phobias and, and various things like that, and there's nothing wrong with having phobias, but asking a 17 year old who's the, they're his pets that he's had for a very long time, always had them, and then asking them to get rid of them isn't a way to be dealing with your phobia, especially when you're pretty new in his life as well. And I'm considering that a year is pretty new in his life. But Step Hell says, but so now I'm torn between the wants and needs of the two men I love. And it says, well, I mean, one of them is your child. So you're hopefully not that torn. You're the arsehole. Jazata87 says, you're the arsehole. Your son's animals aren't causing John any harm. And because he's a scaredy cat, your son is supposed to sacrifice his pets for some man you may have a life with. You're the arsehole. Obedicta says and quotes, so now I'm torn between the wants and needs of the two men I love and says, well, let's see. One of those men is your minor son and the other is your boyfriend. This shouldn't be that hard. You choose your minor son. You're not the asshole for asking, but you're the asshole for thinking there's an equal choice here. Eric Go Boom says, you're the asshole. You aren't torn between two men you love. Kid first, woman. Great Gazelle says, this is tough for me. 
I understand wanting to move in with your boyfriend, but I hate when parents make relationship decisions that negatively impact their children. You have only known this guy for a year. Why the rush to move him in? Would it hurt to wait until next year when your son is old enough to go away to college or move out on his own? And one more from Little Miss Ends who says, Once again, a person choosing a penis over a child. I think the child deserves a better mum. You're the arsehole. Now, what would you do in this situation? Put yourself in OP's shoes and you've got a partner who's who's potentially moving in soon, but they're afraid of, you know, having spiders in the house and your child has a spider. How would you deal with it? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next one. And our next story comes from Netflix Chick367 who says, am I the arsehole for my response when my colleague said I was emasculating my husband? I female 36, married with three kids, work in this company for four years. I transferred to another department and met new colleagues. We were having lunch days ago and small chats when my husband called asking where I put the ceramic pan. I told him where to find it and ended the call. My new colleague Ross, 40s, married with no kids, calling him passive aggressive is the nicest thing you can say about him. Was looking confused throughout the phone call. He asked if my husband cooks. I said yes. Not just cooks, but he also cleans, takes care of the dishwashing, floor mopping, toilet scrubbing, grocery shopping, and deep cleaning the rooms once a week. Ross started laughing as I went on and listed the things my husband does and then casually asked me who's the man in the house, then if my husband's busy being the housewife. I just glanced at him to explain as my colleagues kept staring. Ross said, okay, there's a man in the house, all right, and I'm thinking it's you since you've emasculated your husband to the point of mopping the floor. Others laughed. I said, no, we're just splitting duties, and since I'm the current breadwinner, he took it upon himself to help make things balanced after he lost his job. My other female colleague pointed out that, in fact, I am lucky my husband believes in partnership, unlike most husbands, which is a global issue. Ross said that I was indeed lucky to find a man with so little self-esteem to be gleefully and passionately taking a role of homemaker like that. I was shocked and got extremely agitated after he proceeded to say that he was 100% sure my husband no longer feels like the man he used to be before losing his job. He called him poor soul and sarcastically hope he at least still gets to keep his manhood in the bedroom. I was about to yell but kept it civil and looked at him and said, oh, don't worry, he's doing just fine in the bedroom because he's always been enough of a man for me. And as a result, we have three kids. Three kids while he, Ross on the other hand, everyone stopped for a second and Ross had a shocked look on his face and then lost it saying it was fucking insensitive and pathetic of me for bringing his infertility into an argument and to use it as a low blow and said that I should feel ashamed of myself for bragging about my kids knowing that he can't have children for reasons he can't control. I replied that he should feel ashamed of himself for how he's talking about my husband and told him maybe it's better they just stop getting himself involved in other people's business. He doubled down saying that he gets to get himself involved in whatever and wherever he wants because it's a free country. Other colleagues started getting involved as the argument escalated. Ross told me he will make sure to let HR know about the lovely conversation we had and walked away like he dropped some sort of bomb on me. I got a lot of heat from his guy friends, but one female colleague said Ross was rude, but I took it too far with what I said. Am I the arsehole? Edit, I have nothing against infertility, and I know how devastating it is for families who want to have kids. I have three infertile close loved ones, and I feel secondhand devastation for their pain and suffering. I myself have had my share of pregnancy issues in the past, and I'm blessed even though my oldest has a chronic condition. 
edit, people are saying I shouldn't have engaged further in the conversation and the reason was because of how he was acting and his word implying that I'm being unfair to my husband and using his job loss to gain advantage. Supergog says, not the arsehole. Why is it a free country when he wants to share his opinion of your situation, but it's not okay the other way around? OP replies saying, I have no clue, honestly. He just threw this phase in my face as it was supposed to shut me up or something. It was a weird statement, obviously a lame excuse. Jamie913 says, not the arsehole. An old saying comes to mind. Don't dish it out. If you can't, take it. Higgs Boson Balloon says, not the arsehole. If he's going to be judgmental about someone's masculinity without any invitation to do so, then he should be able to take what he dishes out. Fair game, in my opinion. You should reach out to HR yourself and give your side of the story. Explain that he was very disrespectful to you and your husband, and you were offended by his blatant misogyny. It's likely he will leave out his inappropriate comments in any official complaint. And from what it sounds like, you touched a very sensitive nerve. Like this infertility might literally be the reason he feels the need to attack someone else's masculinity. By the way, your husband has nothing to worry about. Real men treat partners as equals and divide the household labor in a fair manner. Your co-worker seems to think that even though you're the breadwinner, you should have to do the majority of the housework, which is utterly absurd and misogynistic. Lil Eve says, why do men so often dish it out but get all defensive when it is bounced back? Not the arsehole, but I would beat him to it and go to HR first. Good luck and I think you're very lucky to have a husband who obviously is a true partner. To which Yes replies that saying, because they are doing things like this to women because they feel like socially that should be a safe area for them to exert their own personal anger and issues as doing so to a man would get them a sock in the face. I mean, imagine some dude just slagging off to a new male colleague about how his wife isn't really a woman and is secretly miserable and hates him. Sure, there are some men who would meekly take that, but it's not a safe bet to demean a man's wife in front of him because an angry fellow man is likely a physical match slash superior if things come to blows. Not so an angry woman, who has likely been trained since birth not to antagonize an angry man, as an angry man is a safety risk to almost any woman. So some men in turn get used to the knowledge that women are safe targets for these kind of interpersonal attacks and they are completely caught off guard when women don't meekly laugh and take it. They've become entitled to the safe space and feel it's unfair for a lowly woman to take it away. Now, what do you guys make of this one? What are your thoughts on all of today's stories if you choose to share them? never any pressure though either a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for being involved today getting involved in the channel and all that kind of good stuff it means the absolute world i hope you're having a great day and i will see you in the next one take care guys much love Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.